Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on O-Face Wrestling. This is your host, A.T., and today I am joined by Ronnie Big Bang Nicole. So thank you for joining us today, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me, J.T. I'm really excited to be here on O-Face, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you. Awesome. Yeah, man, no problem at all. I'm really excited to have you a part of the show. Um, I've personally, I've heard about you on social media um, pretty often throughout the last few months. And then I actually had the privilege of seeing you wrestle at Primetime Wrestling a few weeks ago. So, and now I got you here on the show. So I'm really excited for this. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wish you would have came up and said hi at the show. That would have been really cool. But big shout out to Primetime, uh, Gator and Lolo and everybody there. It was a fantastic show. Butch versus, versus Gore was tremendous. And, you know, they're really breaking some different grounds in the wrestling community. And I'm, I'm excited to see how their product continues to evolve. So big shout out to them. It was an awesome show, top to bottom. Uh, everybody was represented and everybody brought their A game. So, you know, I was very honored to be a part of that card. It was a really historic event. Oh, yeah, it was it was really fun. That was honestly my first indie event outside of MCW. So it was definitely a different vibe, you know, from the show. And it it, it was very interesting, Um, you know, and honestly, like I want to go to more. I want to go to their next event whenever that's going to be. Obviously, with the coronavirus, we don't know what's going on for future mm-hmm. wrestling events in the near future. But um. Yeah, it was it was really fun. It was very enjoyable. Um, I unfortunately like, I didn't see you outside of you know just your your match. I was looking for you um, when everyone had their merch tables up. Um, so well, I am old school. So um, you know, I was trained that heels don't really sell merch. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I've kind of gone back to more of my traditional wrestling values in some aspects. But um, hopefully. Uh, when you come to the next show, we'll catch each other, you know, before or after, and we can chit chat in person, you know. Oh, have a hell yeah, that would definitely be fun. All the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like personally, like for me, that's one of my favorite things about, you know, the indie shows is, you know, being able to engage with the wrestlers. Like you really don't get to do that with, you know, WWE and all. So that's like a whole new, another experience that you get to do, you know, go into an indie event. And that just makes the show more fun because it's like you get the, you feel more a part of the show when you like are actually like engaging and talking with all the wrestlers. So it, it's definitely an enjoyable experience. Absolutely. That's the, one of the better parts. Uh, I agree because we get to have those moments, you know, of truth that you don't have time for, at, you know, events that have thousands upon thousands of people, you know, how intimate can you really be when you have to, you have 30 seconds and then you have to move on to the next person, you know, so I have to give it up to them because, you know, everybody tries to give as much as they can with the time that they have. But I do think that the Indies provide something that people don't really understand that is valuable and that's that social connection and that interaction that brings the emotion and brings the investment you know because you care about the people who support you and in turn the people who support you care about what you're doing in the ring exactly because like as a fan personally like I like the feeling like I love seeing how humble the wrestlers are and just how like appreciative they are over to fans like because like I just you know recently mentioned like I go to MCW you know a lot and we go so much like the wrestlers come to us when they see us and they come to us and you know give us you know the high fives or the hugs and all that kind of stuff and it makes us feel like you know appreciative like hey it's like hey like you know these people like like seeing us you know versus just like us just like seeing them so it's 
it's something that you'll never get, you know, with, you know, the mainstream wrestling and all that kind of stuff. So we definitely like appreciate that from you all. Oh, well, without you all, there would be nothing for us to do. You know, we can film in empty arenas all day, but at the end of the day, you know, the bottom line is just that the fans are those who support us as we entertain. That's what makes this show complete. And so everybody is as important as, you know, the next person. Yeah, I totally agree. Like we, you know, we both, it's like a 50-50 thing. Like we both need each other, like, you know, so it, it works out for the best. Yeah. So um, starting with this interview, like the first question I have is, so where did you get the whole um, Ronnie Big Bang, Nicole? Like where did that come from? Um, Big Bang was actually given to me by my home company in Japan, World Women Pro Wrestling, Deanna. Uh, on my first tour, I was doing a different gimmick because it was a little bit earlier in my career and I was doing the She-Hulk of the South, which uh, Deanna didn't really want for their company. They were looking for more of a monster, someone who reminded people of Kong, you know, because it had been quite some time since she had been back to Japan and since any type of African-American woman also had been there in, you know, such a capacity of a monster. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, the company was really looking for someone to fill that role. And um, when they approached me, they were, you know, asking about, what I could do and you know kind of about the character that I was already portraying here in the states and my sponsor explained to me that they wanted to vamp that up or excuse me revamp and you know amp up the intensity in terms of being more aggressive and being more of a destroyer and so um the Ronnie Big Bang Nicole or Big Bang Nicole is uh was given to me and that's what I was billed as uh while I was in Japan. Okay, so how often do you wrestle in Japan? Because I know that's you know a different style than you know you see here in America. So, um, how long have you been wrestling down there? In total, I spent four years in Japan. I haven't been back recently. Um, I've been really cutting my teeth back here in the states, um, but it's definitely a completely different training style. You know, as you mentioned, um, and that was difficult to adjust to, especially upon my first tour there being away from home, having to learn a completely way, a different way of training my body was different and a little difficult just because I had already been wrestling American style for some time. So retraining myself and adding to my repertoire was new. It's the same thing as if you're learning a foreign language. So mm -hmm. it definitely took a lot of <laughs> due diligence and practice, which fortunately, you know, I was getting there so especially being there for long term um you know training sessions were extensive most of the day and so i had plenty of time to hone my skills and it honestly wasn't until the end of the fourth year before i left Deanna to switch over to marvelous that one of my trainers alan okeiko uh gave me the approval that some of my japanese style bumps were actually acceptable and <laughs> it literally took that long to get that small approval from her because you know it is something that is a constant work in progress when you learn different styles you know it's the same thing with lucha or British tech, you know, you really have to retrain your mind to think in those ways and to apply that psychology to what you're doing. So, but it helps to be versatile and it is my goal to learn all the styles of wrestling and always be able to apply those different things to my original base training. 
Oh, yeah, I can definitely, like, understand that because, like, I know it, like, adding more to your repertoire definitely, like, gives you, like, that extra edge, not just, like, in the ring, but just, like, fans, like, being, like, attracted to you and your style because, like, I, I see it where, like, MMA, you know, performers, they come to, like, wrestling and they have that, you know, MMA kind of, like, style to their repertoire and it makes, you know, it, it definitely makes them stand out. So being able to kind of, you know, have that, like, knowledge, you know, and training of all those different types of styles definitely, like, can help anyone, you know, stand out more in the ring because they're able to offer, you know, the fans, you know, a more variety of their skills in the ring. So um, to the best of your ability, kind of like explain, you know, to me, like, the difference between American and, you know, the Japanese, like, style of wrestling. Um, I think that the better way would probably be for you to engage in Japanese style matches for a while and then to look at American style matches in terms of older Japanese matches from maybe Noah or New Japan or Stardom um, or Gaia. Uh, but layman speaking, it's, it breaks it down and Japanese psychology is very different. They don't build their matches in the same way. Um, and then the bumping and the striking is different. The intensity, the training itself in order to prepare um, what they call body conditioning so that you're able to sustain yourself through longer matches as well as more matches because the schedule over there, you're usually wrestling, you know, two to three times a week, if not more, um, in addition to training. <clears throat> Excuse me. So learning that all of those fundamentals in addition to bumping differently in addition to learning how to roll and flip and you know neck strengthening exercises because there's a lot of neck strength that comes with the different bumps and you know the way that you were bumped there um the sciato that i've the sciatos excuse me that i took in japan are quite different from the ones here because most of the time I am landing a little bit higher on my neck, which here in um, the States we don't necessarily do. So, you know, without giving a little bit too much away about behind the scenes, it's just a lot of fundamentals. I also prefer for me Japanese style bumps because it's a little bit easier on the body. Um, um, you're bumping on your side for some of them and then you're bumping on your forearms and your upper thighs for others. So it really takes the pressure off of some of the joints and some of the constant strain that you're putting every time that you're taking a bump with some of the American style bumps. Um, I, I face bump completely differently, differently now um, and it's actually saved my body and my knees. Uh, a lot of strain that was coming very early just because it is a very physical activity what we do. Okay, like, a lot of that makes sense now. Like, as far as the bumping, like, I'm going to start paying more attention to, you know, when I see, like, Japanese wrestlers um, wrestle. But as far as the offense, I definitely can see it because, like, I first was introduced to, you know, like, Japanese wrestling when um, Asuka came to WWE. Like, I noticed that she was a lot quicker and she was really big with striking. I noticed that was like a big difference from, you know, what, you know, you saw from American wrestlers. So I, I definitely see that. Um, but like I said, as far as like the bump and all, something I want to kind of like pay more attention to when I see these wrestlers wrestle and kind of notice the differences. Because some of the things like you don't really notice, um, like I, I was taught, like when a lot of wrestlers, when they kick, 
you know, their opponents, they slap their leg at the same time. They give you that leg. They're actually like, you know, kicking you kind of effect. And that's something I never paid attention to until someone like pointed it out to me. So it's like things like that, like you just don't even realize or pay attention to until like it's pointed out to you. I mean, I think that's something that is really comes with the times of where we are when it comes to wrestling. I was not trained originally to do that. Um, but we also all know the big stomp, you know, it's both feet are being stomped so that there's noise being made in the ring, like <laughs> WWE style. So it really just goes with whatever the time is. Wrestling often reflects the culture and reflects the, the generation that is going and the things that are going on in the world at the time. And so, especially now, a lot with the focus of being the sound being very important to match with the visual for that instant gratification. That's something that's been more recently developed because even though it was done in the past, it wasn't done as frequently. If you go back and watch some older wrestling, um, that's something that's really has picked up more momentum as we've gotten, you know, further along into the 2000s. Oh yeah. Like I, cause um, that's another thing too. And like, I never realized, you know, growing up as a fan, like, cause I, and I, I've seen like clips, like I know Stone Cold was really big on like the stop in his feet when he was like kicking you or punching you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like as far as like the styles and things changing over time, like, yeah, I, I definitely noticed like wrestling has, you know, definitely changed a lot from back in the day when I was younger. Like it's, it's, it tends to be more of a, high flying and more acrobatic kind of thing you know versus you know like back in the day it was like very slow paced and more of like a telling a story in the ring right. now wrestling seems to be just you know faster paced and i mean i'm not arguing about it you know i i, I enjoy i enjoy both you know that i am old school i do enjoy a lot of the old school stuff as well but you know i definitely have you know you could definitely tell like you know wrestling has changed from you know back in the day and I when I first got back into wrestling back in 2010 after getting out of it for a while like the first time I saw someone do a suicide dive I was like oh my goodness this is like different I you know I didn't see that kind of stuff growing up so wrestling has changed in the times and you know I mean just like anything I mean everything you know evolves you know in time right so now the next question um how did you originally get into wrestling? Um, I originally got in uh, just as happenstance. I was professionally cheerleading and I was looking for another team after my team had folded. And I ran actually across a Craigslist ad that was looking for athletic females. And so I thought it was an advertisement for another uh semi-pro team, but it turned out that there was a gentleman who was trying to start a all-female wrestling promotion in North Carolina, and so he had set it up so that all of the main roster would be trained at a facility in Fayetteville, and then there would be shows that would be run, you know, once or twice a month. So I met with him um, and went down to the school where we would be training in Fayetteville and met with the head trainers there and the initial time it was just myself but after that it started to be you know a different young lady who wanted to come and train and learn about wrestling each week and so this went on for almost about a year and then towards the end of that year uh, he noticed that I was the only 
a woman who continu continuously went there to train. And, you know, he, I guess he was seeing that his dream was being a bit deferred. And so instead of just being upfront about not wanting to continue with the idea, he instead tried to push it off onto the head trainers down in Fayetteville and say they weren't willing to train just one person and that it was costing too much money. And so that was my first foray with a shady promoter, if you will. <laughs> um, and so at this point, I'd been training for so long, I was really upset and I had a rapport with the head trainer and I called and asked him, you know, if that was true. And he told me no, that I was more than welcome to come down and train. And, you know, he was actually surprised that I had stayed because so many people had come and gone. But if that was what I wanted to do, then you know, I was welcome to come there any time. And so, <clears throat> needless to say, when I confronted uh, the other gentleman about what he told me and some inconsistencies in his story, uh, he stopped communicating. And so I was very disappointed because at the time I was still in college and I was very far away from where we were training. And so I wasn't able to, um, you know, commute all the way from school to training back to school it was just not really feasible at the time I was helping my mom take care of my grandmother and my family so there weren't really a lot of options for me so I had to take a break for about six months and um, I was filming a local uh, independent film in Raleigh North Carolina and the man who was cast as my husband in the film was just talking to me about you know some of the things he did around the area and he said he had a friend who was in a modeling group and at the time I was also you know in a modeling agency slash group and so I was telling him about a show we were having and he was saying oh my friend's gonna be at that show and it turned out that his friend was a professional wrestler and was also one of the same models in my modeling group so I linked up with him and ended up uh, being able to go train at C.W. Anderson's cousin school with C.W. Anderson and Lou Marconi and ECW's Chili Willie and finish out my training there. Um, but it was definitely a wild ride to get into it and to stay in it. There were a lot of twists and turns, you know, along the way, but each step has led me closer and closer to achieving the things I've wanted, you know, and so it's definitely been a, a big blessing to to be a part of this business oh yeah because I, I know getting into it's not easy you know um I, I look at it as something that it's harder than you know becoming even like a football player or baseball player because you don't always have those opportunities like everyone can play sports in high school and then you know every college offers it like wrestling is you know there's you know not every you know not every state has you know wrestling school at least from my you know, understanding. So it is hard and, you know, it, it's very rough with all the bumps and all. And then on like, on, for you, like, unfortunately you had, you know, issues with, you know, shady promoters and stuff like that going on too. So the fact that you kept with it and stayed determined is just, it, it definitely makes any, any fan appreciate that more. Cause I mean, it, it shows that you really had a passion and, you know, you really wanted to go through and do this. I mean, there's still things that I'll be achieving and that I'm working towards in my career. But at the end of the day, the, the goal for myself has always been to change professional wrestling, whether that be through a person, through an action, through an event, through a show, through philanthropy, whatever, to open doors for other people and to give people, especially of color, 
uh, an opportunity to do things and to make waves in, in a business that traditionally has not been so open to that is something that I feel is, you know, bigger than just me being an entertainer. That's actually putting forth and opening up a road for someone else because it is a very challenging business. And if you don't have maybe the right name or the right book or the right connections, it can be really difficult to find those doors and those opportunities because you're right, you know, with any other sport, you can go up a ladder, there's a clear cut formula or at least a couple of different roads that you could take to get to quote unquote stardom or success. But with professional wrestling, there is no roadmap. And so it really is whatever way gets you there. It's always been my goal to do it the right way. And sometimes, you know, that's the harder way. But at the end of the day, the opportunities I have, I know I can say that I earned them and that I didn't have to do anything to compromise my beliefs and my values for what I wanted. And as long as I keep the process pure, then I feel good about passing that on to other people when the time comes and being able to trailblaze and forge a path for people who want to be a part of this wonderful activity who come after me because I'm a part of a legacy, you know, wrestling is a living history and the people who had to bleed and sweat and cry before me deserve just that much effort, if not more for me to put into my journey as well. Yeah, I definitely like, I absolutely agree. Like, um, cause like the thing, like the thing, the challenging thing with wrestling is too, is like you mentioned, like a lot of promotions, like they are, they could be very picky and choosy with, you know, who they want in their company. Sometimes it is, you know, they, they do judge and they do, you know, pick people for their promotion based off of looks and there, there could, it could be a variety of different things, but like I've spoken to plenty of wrestlers here on the show and a lot of them said like, yeah, like the promotions in my area, they don't book wrestlers like me. So I have to travel elsewhere and stuff like that. And it's sad. And that, and you know, going back to like primetime wrestling, like I was a huge fan of that company. You know, part of it was just how, how diverse the company is. Like you saw everything there. They don't, right judge by you know gender race you know your sexuality anything like that you know they'll you know they take anyone and just put together a good show and i loved it like you know the group of wrestlers you know the fans you know it was just everyone there just having a good time and coming together as a whole you know regardless of race gender or anything like that it was just everyone having fun and i feel like every wrestling promotion should be like that um and like I said, like I, I noticed like a big difference between primetime wrestling and MCW. Me both, you know, promotions are great, but I definitely saw more of a, of a variety in primetime, which is mm-hmm. you know, makes me as a fan want to go there more and support them more. Right. And like, like I said, you know, wrestling is supposed to be the reflection of the culture and the society at the time. And then maybe there was a time where the culture and America was more homogenous, but that's never been completely true. And especially now, we are all shades, all colors, all beliefs, all creeds, you know, all faiths, all sexualities, you know, there are so many things that define the beautiful patchwork that is what we are. And those things have to be represented because you have fans of all of these watch walks of life watching this product and so it's important that companies take into consideration that just one is no longer acceptable because there is no longer just one we 
in terms of women, in terms of minorities, LGBTQ, anything you want to define yourself by, that is what we are when we are athletes and fans and regular people. And it is really important for that to be, you know, displayed because there's so much wrestling. It's not as if that's not something everybody could incorporate, you know. But here's hoping that for 2020, you'll continue to see more companies take the lead like Primetime has and, and really forge ahead and make those, those waves of change. Yeah, I really hope so, because like when you kind of stick with a, a specific formula, you know, types of wrestlers that you like for your promotion, you're really limited in your audience. And yeah. And you're you're limited in opportunities for people who really deserve it. Like you, like you remind me a lot of um, Double D Rose, you know, aka the Wode. Like she has the same mentality as you, and I love that. Like I love to support people like that. Like people who want to make a difference and open doors and just you know be like a role model for other people. Like and uh, no, I'm not a role model. I'm definitely a real model in the words of. Tupac, because I, I still at 33 years of age, there are things that I do not know. There are things that I still am learning. I've been wrestling for eight years, going on nine years, and I still feel like a student every single day. Every single experience that I have in wrestling is teaching me something different. So I, I'm not out to be a role model, but I am out to try to give people mm. the confidence to be strong in whoever they are. And that's something that we're often not given enough power to do is to be okay with being who you are. If you feel that your dream is something that is unattainable, then of course it absolutely will be. But you, whoever you are, whatever you want to do, you can do that because I myself am just a regular person with the same problems who just happened to decide that no was not an option and that this dream was what was going to happen it took just a, two thoughts to get this whole thing going and that's as simple not that the process will be simple but that's as simple as it is to get yourself going to whatever it is you want to achieve that to me inspiring people to do that i don't want someone to follow behind me i want someone to surpass me i want someone to do whatever they want to do and do it better do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i really i really hope that people can take from all of us, especially as we work the independence and work up to the whatever level of success that we personally want to find, that it's not just about getting to that limelight, it's getting to that place of being 100% self-actualized within your own happiness and what makes you, you know, feel passionate and really fired up in this world. Yeah, like that that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um like and you may not realize it, but like, you know, having that mentality and just do being you and doing what you're doing, like people do look up to that. Um and like you said, you might not necessarily consider yourself a role model, but people still, you know, will look up to you. Um and and that's good. That means you're doing something right, you know, at the end of the day and um I mean, that's all the respect in the world right there. Like, I, I love your mentality and, you know, what you want to accomplish. The fact that you, you know, you don't necessarily want people to, you know, um, follow you. You want them to surpass you. That, that That's a good mentality to have because that means, you know, 
you want people, other people to continue to open up even more doors and opportunities for other people out there. And, you know, that's, you know, you know, you then, and that's not like being selfish or anything that, that you, you know, wanting people to say, Hey, like, don't necessarily follow me, just go out and then be better. Like, and that, and that's like, you know, not a lot of people in, especially in the wrestling business, you know, think that way it's more about them. But you said it, be better. Like that's, that's the whole point is to be better. This business was passed down to us and, and given to us. We don't know it anything. Wrestling has done a lot for a lot of people. It saved my life. It saved the life of a lot of people that I know, you know, in its own way, it is an entity that we cling to and that we, that we rely on. And if we mistreat it, then how can we say that we love it? You don't mistreat something that you love. So putting yourself and being selfish above wrestling, not making decisions that are actually going to lead to a good story, to fans being satisfied, to a door being opened, to a wonderful, you know, match being made. These are the things that we should be holding in higher regard. Not, where's my spot on the card? Not, I need to step on this person's neck to get to this place. I need to slander this person so they can't get an opportunity. The things that continue to happen in wrestling are things that have gone on for a long time. This isn't something that's new. But the fact of the matter is, is we're all responsible for the legacy that we leave in wrestling. Our carbon footprint, so to speak, in wrestling runs very deep because we are a part of a living history. We are one of the only sports that still has basic fundamentals that have been passed down through generations. Every time you lock up, you were doing a move that has been done over and over and over countless times. That's something that's really historic and incredible. And if you don't hold wrestling in that same high regard and have that reverence for those who came before you and for what impact you're able to have as a professional wrestler on this sport, then what are you doing? Yes, everybody wants the limelight. Of course I want to do the obligatory WrestleMania point. I'm not a fool. But I also know that the biggest impact that I can have is changing somebody's life by what I do in that ring, is by being good to the people around me, is by helping people and understanding that when you're not worried about trying to get yourself over, which I already am, you can do a lot of good and the good will come to you. Because working hard and keeping your nose out of other people's business and focused on doing the best you can do and being the best you you can be it sounds cliche, but at the end of the day, it's true because you don't have time for anything else. The point is to get better, to do better, and to elevate the sport. If you're not, okay, everybody can do what they want, but in my opinion, you're just wasting time and you're not honoring the legacy of those who've done really, really harder work before you. You know, when I think about Lily Thomas, Cora, Com Cora Combs, Sweet Georgia Brown, you know, Kong, Jackie, Jazz, Jacqueline, like when I think about all of the women who have come before me, who had to bleed and sweat and fight in boys clubs and go through the things that were going on in the world at the time, you know, that's another big part. We are having a crazy thing going on in the world right now that's gonna be in history for wrestling forever. But so was it back then. You know, the wrestling was still going on during the civil rights movement. Can you imagine what it was like to be a minority in the South during that time? And having to go wrestle a white person, that's still rough to this day in some places. So we're a part of something that literally has these impacts throughout regular history and wrestling history. That's so incredible, you know? So I really hold it 
every person who's a part of wrestling accountable for making it better than it was because it was given to us in kind of, you know, bits and pieces that we had to put together to make our own stories. But as we put together, again, the quilt and the fabric that knits us all together, it should be done in the best way possible. Absolutely. Like, I totally agree with that because, like, the thing is, like, when a lot of people think about, like, oh, me, 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 getting myself over, like, your reputation in wrestling is everything. And if you don't have a good reputation, I, I do, know, like, I've heard stories of just how, like, it does affect you. And, you know, companies don't want to work with certain wrestlers like that. Wrestlers don't want to work in the ring with other wrestlers, you know, like that as well. And that, at the end of the day, it hurts you. And you're not yes. doing, you know, any favor for the business as well. Because at the end of the day, if the business is thriving as a whole, it benefits every wrestler. Yep. You know, no one wrestler can carry, you know, any one promotion by itself. Exactly. You know, like, it's a exactly. team effort. Even yes. if you're losing in the ring, like. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Someone has to win. Someone has to lose. But we all, from match one to the main event, from concessions to ring announcers, we all make the show and we all have a part to play. It's no different from theater. Every single person is important. You tell me how a theater company operates without a stage manager. Don't worry, I'll wait. Like, it doesn't happen. Nobody's part is looked at as insignificant because everything has to be a well-oiled machine for fans to have an enjoyable experience. I've been to plenty of shows that were not well oiled machines, okay? I have stories for days about shows that were held in abandoned thrift stores and in the middle of barns and out in fields and under tents and, you know, just things were not done in a professional sense to give one the fans <laughs> the respect they deserve to have a high quality product, but also wrestling the respect it deserves to always be performed to the best of, you know, your ability. But every single person is really, really important. And when you're walking around acting as if your last name or whatever generation or whatever, what have you, makes you different, that doesn't. And I mean, it makes you different in the sense that obviously you have a different mentality and attitude, but it doesn't make you different because we all have to lock up. We all have to go through those ropes. We all have only so many bumps that we can take we all are a part of a product that is very perishable and we have limited time. It doesn't matter how great you are. You cannot wrestle forever. And so making the best use of that time, not being, excuse my language, a shit bird seems to be a better way to impact the business instead of thinking that the business owes you something just because of who you are, because life doesn't work that way. So why would wrestling, you know? exactly and like at the end of the day it's entertainment like it's you're yes. supposed to go in there and entertain the fans right and like you said the fans play a big role if they're not satisfied and they don't show up guess what that affects the promotion that affects the right. wrestler. so you ain't got no job <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to win to get over like like me personally like my favorite wrestlers holla did every time i get an opportunity to watch her you know compete on tv you know, if she loses, I don't care. If she, as long as I'm entertained by yes. what she does in the ring, that's all that matters for me. Like, of course, we want our favorite wrestlers to win. Who doesn't? But guess what? 
I want to I want to see a good match. I'm also a huge Ember Moon fan. When she lost to Asuka at Takeover Brooklyn two years ago for the title, mm-hmm. I was bummed that she lost, but that was a fantastic match, and that's what people oh, were absolutely. talking about. People were talking about the match and itself, yeah. Yeah, and that that's the most important thing, and that's something that I feel like a lot of people, you know, really fail to forget. Like, you know, they 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 focus so much on you know the booking and who's getting over and who's not, you know, based off of you know the wins and losses. It's not about wins and losses. It's about you know just the wrestlers going out there and just having a good match and entertaining us. And that's what I look for the most because guess what? If your favorite wrestler or whoever wins, but the match stinks. You know, how are you going to, yeah, like it, yeah, it it won't feel right, you know, at the end of the day, because I've had plenty of wrestlers that I like win matches before, and it wasn't a good match for whatever reason. I guess you could say like, you know, me being an old school fan, I like The Undertaker, but guess what, you know, (laughs) he had that stinker of a match against um, Goldberg a few months ago, Uh, that was very disappointing. Yeah. So, uh, last question I have for you for this interview. Um, so, what is your plan for after wrestling? Do you plan on staying in the business in some type of way, or do you have other plans in mind? I mean, I've always got a couple of irons in the fire. I think that's the expression. Um, I've never been able to stick to one thing. I've always done at least four things at one time. Um, but I, I'm not really thinking about after wrestling because for me, there is no after wrestling. Um, wrestling will always be a part of my life and I will always be involved in it in some capacity. I do want to find a way to blend the passion that I have for philanthropic work and volunteer work, as well as working with at-risk youth and wrestling. Um, I'm still kind of working out uh, what that's going to be because I want to do something broader than my original idea, which was just a nonprofit and having an after school program and possibly having some sort of school set up. I would like something that's gonna have more of an impact in the communities that really need it, as well as offer different avenues for entertainment to be accessible to you know lower income communities or at risk youth or places that just wouldn't have those opportunities because resources in schools get cut like the arts all the time. So I'm in the process you know, of of figuring out what that's going to be, but there is no after wrestling, you know, it'll always, I'll always be around, I'll always love to be in the ring. Um, I was just at USA main event wrestling in Lincolnton, North Carolina, big shout out to Chad Scott and everybody uh, down there, um, just working with some of the students on the roster and staying in the ring, you know, amidst this stuff going on out here you know and it was really awesome to you know have a closed class and taping with them and be able to to still give back and and connect so i don't know maybe i'll teach i don't know um i was a color guard instructor for a number of years i was a dance instructor i was a cheerleading instructor so i've always been an instructor in some kind of way um so maybe i don't know but i think it's wide open because the First thing I said I wanted to do was go to Japan, and I went for four years. So (laughs) the next things that I want to do, I'm not going to say, but they have already started the process of happening and would be happening if we weren't all, you know, locked in our ivory towers. But um, just once all this is over, you know, it's just about getting back in the ring and getting, getting back out in front of the fans and those who support me, because that's really, really where I'm happiest and I, and I feel that I thrive the most, but 
yeah, the future is so bright. I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems like there's a lot of, you know, different doors that are open for you, you know, for your future, which is good. It's always good having, you know, lots of different skills and plans because, you know, you never know where life will take you and just having all these options, you know, can only benefit yourself. Absolutely. And I just, I get not bored easily, but I always have revolving interest. So I'm trying to whittle it down to a few things that I'll be able to consistently do for a long time. But I think as long as I'm still loving being in the ring and getting those butterflies before, you know, I go through the curtain, I think right for for the moment being in the ring is going to continue to be the goal so <laughs> gotcha like I feel you right there like I also have a lot of you know different things going for me so it, it's kind of hard to stick with just one it's like kind of being all over right, the place right. but <laughs> keeps you busy keeps you active nothing wrong with that at all yeah all right well uh that wraps up our interview and uh you know, thank you so much for joining us today on the show, Nicole. It was uh, very educational, and I definitely <laughs> like that. I, I love learning, you know, new things, and I love getting, you know, the perspective about, you know, like, culture and all that kind of stuff. Like, I love learning about that kind of stuff from people, so it's always enjoyable when I can, you know, kind of, you know, hear, you know, and learn from other people, so I definitely appreciate it, and I'm sure everyone listening to this episode as well will definitely appreciate you know the knowledge that you share with us oh JT thank you so much for having me I had a really good time and I appreciate you you know talking to me and hearing about my journey as it as it continues and thank you so much for being a supporter and next time I'm at a show I better get you know if it's safe I better get a hug <laughs> oh yeah no problem at all next time I come to one of your shows I'll definitely you know get in contact with you prior and you know we could definitely like meet up and uh see each other this time yeah hell yeah whiskey's on me <laughs> oh hell yeah we're definitely meeting up then. okay <laughs> you sold me yeah man yeah man <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because primetime wrestling it was like right there in a bar basically too so i know but i was so busy you know it wasn't until like way after the show and it was like okay let's go and i'm like wait what do you mean let's go i didn't drink anything they're like yeah yeah, yeah we gotta go and i'm like but, but, but. oh okay like <laughs> <laughs> So next, so, you know, when I see you, definitely whiskey. Whiskey's on me. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I'm down for that. And um, so, uh, Nicole, you have a great night, and it was an honor having you here on the show at O-Face Wrestling. Um, do you want to share your social media real quick before we go? Oh, yes. Hey, guys, make sure you check out my YouTube channel, uh, Ronnie Nicole. I've got Storytime with Ronnie Nicole coming up this week, where I'll tell you one of my crazy West Virginia adventures. Um, please make sure you like my fan page, Ronnie Nicole slash Big Bang Nicole. You can find me on Snapchat at Ronnie Nicole R, on Twitter at Glitterlicious, and on Instagram at Glitterlicious Bang Bang. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. And you guys make sure you check out the O-Face Wrestling Podcast, Best of the Biz. All right. Thank you so much. Make sure you all check out her social media. Follow us as well on YouTube, Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. And once again, have a great night, Nicole. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.